Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants. I'm your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl on TikTok and Instagram. And the Giants beat the Colts 38 to 10 to advance them to the playoffs for the first time in six years. And you know, I waited to do the podcast until today. I usually do that, but I do it because sometimes after the games, you know, there's a lot of either excitement or disappointment and, you know, all the emotions get involved. And, you know, I just thought that if I did it today, I would be a little more calm and I'm just not. So this is probably going to be slightly unhinged. So just bear with me. I'm sure that you guys are all feeling the same way that I'm feeling, which is just overall excitement, proud, thrilled, just so many wonderful feelings going through all of our Giants fans' heads right now that we are we're just finally in the playoffs. So let's recap the game and you know talk about all the amazing things that happened when the Giants beat the Colts. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Now is the time. I mean, I think it's a little late for people, but you know what? Better late than never. Get on board with Daniel Jones. He is our quarterback. And if watching the game yesterday did not make you feel confident that we can win with Daniel Jones, we are going to the playoffs with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and the most mediocre wide receiver core anyone has ever seen in their life, this is what you wanted from Daniel Jones. You wanted him, everyone wanted him, not only for him to level up, but to elevate the players around him. And that is what he's done. He's done it since week one. He has dialed it up the last few weeks and he is in it to win it. His stats yesterday, I mean, I don't know how anyone couldn't be happy with this. Four touchdowns. Two rushing, two passing. Oh my God. And he also ran for 91 yards. So he was 19 for 24. For those of you who don't know this, when the Giants won the 1991 Super Bowl against the Bills, the Giants quarterback Phil Sims went 22 for 25 which is incredible and unheard of. Daniel Jones yesterday went 19 for 24 with way worse receivers than what Phil Simms had in that 1991 Super Bowl. That is incredible. 19 for 24 for 177 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and zero sacks. The O-line held up their end of the bargain. We're going to talk about them. We're going to get more into the rushing attack because Jones had 11 carries for 91 yards for two touchdowns. And I know, you know, some people are a little bit upset about Jones running. You know, it's funny. This is why I don't like Twitter. Um, Because some people walked out of the game and were like, I don't like our quarterback running that much and dropping his shoulder and whatever. And then there's the other side of the fence who was like, finally, use Daniel Jones, use what he has to our advantage, which is the legs. You guys, the fakes that they pulled yesterday were so convincing that the cameraman was recording the wrong guy on one of them, okay? So I just, I mean, enough garbage talking about Mike Kafka. He doesn't know what he's doing. Enough is enough. Get on board with the coaching staff, with Daniel Jones and with Saquon Barkley because this 
is our future. I love it. It's so awesome. Matt Breida was right behind uh, Jones with nine carries for 59 yards. Saquon had 12 carries for 58 yards. And Brightwell had five carries for nine yards. Over 200 yards rushing. I I haven't looked at the stats, but I want to say that could be the most this year. Um, if not, it's one of the top few where they have rushed for over 200 yards this game. 37 carries for 217 yards and two touchdowns. And the longest run was a 25-yarder by our quarterback, Danny Dimes. I mean, oh my God, the offense. <laughs> I told you this was going to be unhinged, guys. I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm trying to tone it down, but it just, I think all of us feel the same way in the sense that we have been watching atrocious garbage time football for the last couple years. And, you know, this isn't the Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's not the Bills. But the fact that what they did yesterday, and I don't want to hear from anyone, oh, well, it was the Colts. They only have four wins. You know what? We only had four wins, and we played a hell of a lot worse football than the Colts played probably all year. And, you know, they were missing some injured guys, whatever. Anyway, they still have Quiddy Pay, who... <laughs> When we talk about the defense, Dexter Lawrence just steamrolled into the quarterback. I mean, what what a game. There's just there's so much good to talk about and so much to highlight. I want to get back to the running game for a minute because, um, you know, we have to give Daniel props for he nailed the RPOs. He was accurate as hell in the passing game. And he was... <laughs> lowering his shoulder and said, you are not going to get in my way and just freaking beast moded these guys coming after him. I, I mean, part of me was like, please stop doing that. Please stop doing that. Like we can't, we can't risk him getting hurt. And the other half was like, hell yeah, Daniel, you can lower your shoulder and beat them. Go for it. Like we are, this is a huge game. And this is the thing that you have to love about Daniel. And some people are probably going to hate it because I know they're going to say he probably should be a little bit smarter than that. And he should not be risking the injury, but he feels, I'm sure, he hasn't said this, but, you know, I'm sure that he feels like he has to prove to people, whether it's Giants fans or it's across the league, that he deserves to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, whether it's for the Giants or it's for someone else. And he is going to put the team on his back and do whatever he can to win games. And he's done it before. He has five game winning drives this year and he did it again yesterday and he's done it week after week, especially for the last three weeks in a row. He just has been balling out. And this is what everyone has wanted to see. And I just feel like this is the glimpse of the potential for Jones. He's not he didn't reach his highest potential yet. We're seeing what he can do with his offense. Could you imagine if he had a Devontae Adams? Just just think about it for a second. Or a Mike Evans or a Justin Jefferson. I mean, <laughs> it just would be amazing. And I think we're going to see it next year. Maybe not Devontae Adams because we're not paying him $28 million a year. But Joe Shane is going to do whatever he can to build up the pieces around Jones and Barkley and, and just build up this team. And I just, yesterday, like after that win, I was just so excited because this team was supposed to be a four-win team. They have, not only have they won nine games and clinched a playoff spot, we have our quarterback. 
We know that these guys are going to get re-signed. And we know that this is the beginning, you guys. This is the beginning of the future. We have our coaching staff. We have our front office. They have managed to pull off magic tricks with this staff, with this roster, and with the cap space. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. And we're doing it with practice squad guys. Imagine when we have Wandale back, we might get Shep back. You never know. We're going to have a Dory back this year. And then next year, we have nine picks in the draft that is going to make this team a million times, maybe not a million. It's going to make it a lot better than it is right now. And right now, it's not that terrible, all things considered. So, oh my God, I'm just, I'm so excited. Um, So, you know, I think it's really important that it's talked about that Jones really has elevated the play of guys around him. And one guy specifically is Richie James, who has been, you know, a little hit or miss. He's made a couple, um, you know, a couple mistakes, drop balls and whatever, that kind of thing. And, you know, fumbled punt returns and that kind of thing. But yesterday he was the leading receiver, seven receptions for 76 yards, one touchdown. He went seven for seven, you guys. He didn't drop a single ball yesterday. I mean, he played his best game as a giant yesterday. And I mean, this is the stuff that we're talking about that everyone's everyone's calling BS on Jones that he doesn't make players around him better and he doesn't do this and he doesn't that. He commanded that offense yesterday and not only did that, you can call him a game manager, whatever you want to call him. He was better than that. He was an excellent quarterback yesterday. Is he going to be that week in and week out? I mean, I hope so. I don't know. I'd like to see the consistency. But I know that coming into this year, we were feeling like there was no consistency with Jones. And you have to look at this objectively. I don't care if you don't like Jones or not. You look at this season objectively and what he's done. And he has been so consistent, accurate, a leader. I mean, just just all of it. Put the team on his back to win games. And he has done it. And I just think he deserves some credit for that. So behind Richie in the receiving core was Isaiah Hodgins. Out of five targets, he caught four for 42 yards. One touchdown. Daniel Bellinger went three for three for 42 yards. Slayton went two for three for 14 yards. Brita, one for one for eight yards. And Saquon, two for four uh, for negative five yards. So not great for Saquon on the receiving end. You know, when the season ends and we go into contracts and all of that kind of stuff, we can talk about whatever. And I know a lot of us said that we wanted to see Saquon involved more in the receiving core, but I think we're kind of seeing why he's not. And again, we'll go into depth in this in another time, but he he's not Christian McCaffrey when it comes to the receiving core. So, you know, I think Saquon's going to be here next year. I think he wants to be here next year. And there is no doubt that he is a very talented player and has done wonders for this offense. He's an excellent runner and a pretty good pass catcher. But, you know, I'd like to see him improve on that a little bit. So anyway, you know, a pretty good day for the receiving core. 19 receptions for 177 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, I just... I mean, watching that game, I just, I felt better about the receiving core. You know, obviously it's not, I think, what anyone would like it to be, but to walk away from that game and feel like, okay, we have, you know, 
decent wide receivers who there were a lot less dropped balls yesterday. There were better routes run. There, you know, were long runs and just, I don't know, they just everything about it seemed like they were clicking and they were better. They could move the ball well. They had good momentum. You know, the O-line, we got to talk about the O-line, you guys. I mean, one of the biggest things going into every single game with this team every week is fear of the O-line and what is going to happen to Daniel Jones. And yesterday, he didn't get sacked at all, and the line held up. Now, they rotated the left guard again between Gates and Bredesen, and then kept Feliciano at center. Now, I keep saying that I would like to see Gates at center. I know a lot of you guys agree with me. I think, you know, it's not going to happen until next year unless Feliciano happens to get hurt or something. But you know what? They all, they did well yesterday. They did a lot better than I expected them to. And when the line, you see what happens to this offense when they give Jones time. And that is what we have been talking about for years is that, I mean, the guy's getting sacked every other play. How can he be expected to do anything? And you just, I mean, yesterday was a perfect example of the capabilities of Jones when he has time to throw the ball. So Nick Gates led the team in pressures. He allowed two, Neil allowed one, and Thomas zero. I mean, just an excellent day for Andrew Thomas. Um, We're going to get into the defense in a second. Um... I was a little disappointed in Darius Slayton yesterday. I expected to see more from him. You know, I thought they were going to take longer shots down the field to him. Um, you know, and out of the three targets, one of them was a fumble, which, you know, was a little brutal. Um, and then other than that, he had two catches for 14 yards. But um, I don't know. I hope, you know, I don't – I'm Against the Eagles, I think that they're going to sit Jones or they might just put him in for a couple plays, who knows, a couple drives. Um, but someone like Darius Slayton, I think we're going to see. And, and you know, Tyrod throws a pretty good deep ball. So I want to see Slayton get more involved. I hope the line holds up again against the Eagles D-line, who is quite good. But, um, you know, just overall a really good day for the offense. And I hope that some fans walked away from that game feeling like, okay, if Daniel Jones is the quarterback, I at least feel like he can win us games. And I know that has been the biggest concern for a lot of fans who have been anti-Daniel Jones. They can deal with the fumbles. They can deal with the interceptions. He's cleaned all of that up. He's a good game manager. He's very accurate. He's a leader. He knows what he's doing. He can command the offense, yada, yada, yada. But you know, to see what he did yesterday, I hope is a is a reminder to, you know, fans who maybe want someone else at quarterback that we can win games with him and we're going to continue and it's only going to get better when he's got better receivers and a better line. So let's talk about the defense. Great day for the defense yesterday. How good was it to have Xavier McKinney back? You know, I thought he was going to pay maybe five snaps. I cannot believe the amount of snaps that he played yesterday. And it was really, I mean, it just, it was so good to have him back. So, um, I'm not so sure about Adoree. I'm kind of feeling like maybe they're not going to um, play Adoree next week, and they might at this point just wait until playoffs. I kind of think maybe he should just get a couple snaps in there since he hasn't played in so long and just see what he does. Um, 
But yeah, I wanted, um, I just pulled up the snap counts. Oh, Lordy, this is tiny. Um, because, um, what's his name? Uh, McKinney played a lot more than I thought he did and expected him to. Now, Aziz only got seven snaps, which I thought was really interesting. Um, again, maybe it's just because of the injury thing or whatnot. I don't know, but I think we're going to see more of him. I mean, he's going to be ready to go in the playoffs, I think. So I think that'll be huge. Um, I, at first I kind of was feeling like we were missing him. We weren't getting to the quarterback and, um, you know, Foles is, is Foles. So, um, I was hoping to have, have Aziz in there, but I mean, look at the end of the day, we were able to get to him. Kayvon, we'll get to him in a second, had a great game and they, you know, they were able to make some moves. So overall the defense had 70 total tackles, 40 of them solo. They had two sacks and four tackles for loss. So Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon were the two with the sacks and they both had tackles for loss. So Jalen Smith led the team with nine total tackles, Xavier seven. Um, all right, let, hold on. Let's get to McKinney. So he played 83% of the snaps. And you knew he was back there. He made a difference in the run. I mean, it just, I think it's its so nice to have him back. I'm so happy he's back. And I can't wait till Adori is back on the field because just the two of them is just going to be just, just a beautiful thing. Um, all right. Dexter Lawrence, Tibbs, and McFadden. McFadden had a good game yesterday. I feel like he's kind of... I don't want to say fallen off, but maybe taking a little bit of a step back over the last couple of weeks. He really turned it up a notch uh, yesterday and did excellent. And I'm excited for him. He's a rookie. He's got some stuff to learn, but he had a great game. Um, so I'm glad to see that from him. Fabian Moreau, Julian Love, Landon Collins, and Jihad Ward had four total tackles. Now, obviously, we can't talk about Landon Collins with talking about his pick six. Now, he was asked about it after the game. The last time he had a pick six was when he was with the Giants years ago. I think it was around the, la the time that they were in the playoffs, around 2016. And he... He said that he had been watching film on Pittman all week and he had been watching the um, the routes and the connection between Foles and Pittman. And he said he just he had been watching for it all game and he just knew it. He was following Pittman. And as soon as he saw Foles get rid of the ball, he knew, he was like, this is mine. I'm going for it. Grabbed it and speed ran into the end zone. And I think after that play, all of us collectively as fans maybe took a deep breath and said, oh my God, like we're going to win this. And not only are we going to win this, like this, this could be a blowout. Like this could be the game that we all hoped it was going to be. But at the end of the day, it's the Giants and you never know and you can't get your hopes up. But that, I mean, that was just a thing of beauty. And I had been saying all week, and I know some of you guys DM'd me and you were like, you called it, you knew there was going to be a pick six and whatever. And I just, I just felt going into it that our defense was really going to step up. And I was hoping the same for the offense. But again, you just never know. But I felt like having Aziz back and McKinney back was just breathing more life into this team. It's the last home game. It's an option to get them in the playoffs. It just felt like everyone was on a different level yesterday. And it just kind of felt like, 
you know, the defense was going to do it. I thought maybe it was going to be a sack fumble. I knew that Foles is is Nick Foles, and we could definitely get an interception out of him at least. So the fact that it was a pick six just made it even better. I was like, this is amazing. So super happy for Landon Collins. He has proved that he has earned his spot back on this team, and, you know, we are all happy to have him back. I know Wink likes him a lot, so um, great welcome back for him, especially a home game at MetLife to get them into the playoffs. I mean, I don't think it gets better than that. Darnay Holmes. Oh, Darnay. Um, he left the game with some sort of injury, but he ended up coming back, which is great. He was one of the other ones, other players who had a tackle for loss. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so Darnay, Zion Gilbert, and Tony Jefferson all had three tackles. Now, Gilbert came in for Holmes when he was out, which I was not going to lie. I was dreading a little bit. But he was okay. Darnay Holmes, I – the the flag, like the penalty that he got was just – it just happens every time on third and long. And I just – it's just so frustrating, you know, I need him to stop doing that. And I don't it's not going to happen overnight and and whatever, but I after that after that penalty, my uncle, my brother, my cousin and I were all like get him off the field, get him out. Like just so mad cuz it's the same mistake over and over again. And you know, as a fan, I'm just watching it like what what are we going to do about this? Someone make it stop. Please. And luckily for the Giants, the defense were was able to stop um, the next. I can't think right now. Um, anyway, to get them to stop the next series, so they didn't get any points out of that. But I was just like, that's the kind of stuff that will cost you games, and you can't do things like that. So anyway, that was a little frustrating. But he came back in the game, and you know, was not that bad. Also, we need to talk about this. Graham Gano. I mean, we'll talk about special teams in a second, but he had two tackles, two solo tackles, might I add. And this is what I get annoyed with with special teams. When your kicker has to tackle people, there's a problem. I mean, listen, good for Graham Gano that he is can get over there as fast enough to tackle people. That's not his job, you guys. Where the hell is the rest of special teams making tackles? Because they're not helping him out. Thank God he didn't get hurt. But remember, he had that concussion earlier in the year because that's what he had to do. He had to tackle someone because no one else could do it. So, you know, special teams still need some work, but we'll get to them later. Um, So Carter Coughlin, Nick McLeod, Leah Williams, and Tomon Fox all had two tackles. O'Shane Zimenez, Jason Pinnock, Justin Ellis, and Henry Mondo all had one. So overall, you know, the defense held them to 10 points. They did an excellent job yesterday. Really proud of the way they played. They fought. They battled. They were incredible in the red zone again. You know, the offense was incredible in the red zone. They're in prior to this game, I believe the Giants were in the top 10 in the league in red zone efficiency at over 60%. Is that insane? I mean, I heard that and was like, that can't be real. (laughs) I mean, it can't be. You look at the team And they have not put up a lot of points this year. And you just say, how on earth is that possible? That is Mike Kafka, you guys. Mike Kafka and Dable's coaching. So 
enough of the Kafka slander because that is incredible. And when the stats come out after this week, it's going to be even better. Daniel Jones is going to be in the top 10. He was in the top 12 prior to this week. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to be in the top 10 after this game. Um, the defense will improve in the rankings. And I know, you know, do people don't some people don't really care about that much and I get it but when you look at the team and the roster the fact that they're even being talked about in the top half of the league is amazing and you know they've shown it every week mostly every week on the field so um yeah overall good day for the defense now I want to talk about something briefly and I'm not going to get into it a lot because I'm not Kayvon I don't know what he was thinking I listened to his press conference after the game and I didn't hear him talk about but then I listened to Dable's press conference from today he was asked about it and he said that you know he felt like Kayvon addressed it yesterday so maybe he did to reporters in the locker room and it just wasn't during the official Kayvon press conference but when I was watching the game and from what I saw and from what I've heard afterwards is that he didn't know Foles was hurt when he was on the ground doing the snow angels. And from my perspective, I was watching it and I was kind of cringing a little bit because it, it felt like it was in slow motion and he was doing the snow angels for a little too long. But you know, you also look at it and and we look at Kayvon and everything that he's done this year. And I just think that he genuinely didn't know that Foles was hurt. And he I have seen quarterbacks lay there for a minute, catch their breath before they get back up. It's not the most bizarre thing in the world for them to lay there for a second. So I I'm sure. And the other thing is that there were a lot of Giants players around Kayvon that I am sure that if one of them noticed that Foles was hurt, they would have told Kayvon to cut it out if he didn't notice. So I genuinely think that he didn't know that Foles was hurt. Obviously, it's different when you're at home and you're seeing it on the screen. But I think that he didn't know. I think that, you know, I also didn't know about the little like sleepy hands afterwards when he did that. Um, so I saw that video later on and you know he did it towards the fans I you know maybe it was a step too far um I feel like I don't know I don't know I just feel like he wasn't doing it in a taunting manner he was doing it to the fans I think he also felt like at that point the game was kind of over and that's what he was insinuating like maybe don't sleep on us don't sleep on the defense I don't know guys I'm not in his head I have no idea but I think that people are taking it a little too far that's my opinion it's not right it's not wrong that's just what I think I think it wouldn't hurt Kayvon if he came out and said, listen, guys, I had no idea that Foles was hurt. If I had known that, I would have gotten up and and tried to help him up or whatever. So I I mean, I think it would be nice to hear that from him. I don't know if he will. Um, it seems like Dable and some of the other people in the building are not that concerned about it. I assume if they were, they would have pulled him aside. We have seen Dable scream at people and yell at the players on the sidelines. I think if there was an issue, someone would have pulled him aside and said something. So, you know, even today when Dable spoke to the media, it seems like it wasn't a big deal. So that makes me feel like maybe people are overreacting. I know that the that Jeff Saturday said something about it. And it just, look, guys, I... I hate to say this because I don't 
I've never played football and whatever, but I think that people are being a little dramatic about everything. Like, it's always something, right? Like, we're in the playoffs for the first time in six years. Can we as fans just enjoy this? Like, why does there always have to be an issue? You know what I mean? And we have seen NFL players do things a hundred times worse. Do I need to talk about Deshaun fucking Watson? Sorry for cursing. But seriously, you guys are really going to get, people are going to get that upset about Kayvon doing that and Deshaun Watson is allowed to play in the league? Come on. And that's one example. There are a million excuses. I could probably create a 45-minute YouTube video of clips of players doing absurd things on the sideline that they didn't get flagged for, or they did it in a player's face, or blah, 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 whatever, did stupid things and nothing happened. So he's a rookie. He's going to learn from it. And I just really think that maybe people are being slightly dramatic about this. So... (laughs) That's my opinion on that. Let's talk about special teams. You guys know how much I love Gary Brightwell. I just, I don't know what it, I just love him so much. And I'm really excited that he's a giant and I just feel like we're going to see good things from him. Um, so he had two kickoff returns for 40 yards and the longest was 23. He's very good at securing the ball. He's fast. He can break through tackles. Again, I really like him. I like him as a kick returner and I also like him as a um uh, running back. So, um, yeah, I want to see more of him. I'm glad that they did a little more rotating for the running backs. We saw more of Brita and more of Brightwell. I would like that to continue. I just feel like it's a lot on Saquon, especially this late in his season. Now, when we get to the playoffs, it could be a completely different story and Saquon could get 90% of the snaps and they might not do any rotating. Never know. Um, either way, I like the rotation. I think it's great. And um, I, I really like what those other two guys have to offer. Um, all right, last up, let's talk about the kicking. So Graham Gano was one for one for his um, field goal attempt. The longest was 36 yards. And then he went five for five on extra points because he's Graham Gano, Mr. Automatic. And that's what he does. Love him. Um, And next up is Jamie Gillen, who, you know what, had a pretty great game. He had one touchback. um, Look, zero inside the 20, but the defense really made up for that. And until we can get a punter who can just nail it inside the 20 or make good punts when we need him, we just we have to rely on the defense. Um, You know, so next year, next year, it'll be a different story. Um, His longest punt was 47. I got to be honest, you guys, I feel like I was so, and I I think a lot of you could probably relate to this, but I was just so excited yesterday and so happy about the way the offense was playing and the way that the defense was playing that I was almost like, I don't even care about special. It's like, don't, just don't make any egregious mistakes. And like, I won't really care about special teams. You know what I mean? And I just feel like that's kind of how you know, we want the game to be able to play is that we don't want to have to worry about special teams because they're just doing what they're doing without making any ridiculous mistakes. So that's that. Um, So the Giants are going to the playoffs. They are going to the playoffs. They are 
um, locked in to the number six seed. So as of right now, they will play Minnesota, which I like it. I like that matchup. I feel very confident that we could absolutely go into Minnesota and beat them down. Kirk Cousins is a fraud. You saw what the Packers did to them yesterday. Um, let's do it. So that's what it is right now. Now, the little bit of a problem with that is that it could all change next week. Um, special thanks to the Eagles for screwing things up. So the Giants play the Eagles this weekend. Now, all of the games are in limbo right now. So we, we don't know when the Giants game is going to be played. It will be played in Lincoln Field in Philly. There's a chance that the Giants rest some starters. Philadelphia is not going to rest their starters because they need to win in order to lock up the number one seed. So I mean, they're going to be ready to go and they're going to be playing on Sunday. So Dable said that he's going to do what's best for the team. That leads me to believe that because even if we lose or win, it has no bearing on our number six playoff spot. I feel like he's going to sit some guys. I feel like, you know, when he says what's best for the team, that's what's best for the team because we want to win in the playoffs. And week 18 is meaningless for us in the best way possible, but it's not for the Eagles. And listen, I obviously I don't want to have a beat down from the Eagles. There's nothing that I like less than losing to them. But in this scenario, I just think that it's not worth the risk of any of our key players getting injured prior to a playoff game. When we're when we're finally in the playoffs for the first time in forever and we have a shot at actually advancing. So as always, I will keep you guys posted throughout the week. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at New York Giants Fangirl. I do Q&As there. I update you on the injury reports, contracts, all of that trades, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So this week when there's any updates on injuries and all of that kind of stuff, I will let you know. Um, the only injury coming out of the game was Leah Williams. And I think... I don't, Dable didn't mention anything about it today, but I think that his neck was just kind of tweaked a little bit. So they pulled him out for the rest of the game, which I think was the smart move. So I think we definitely will not see Leo on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day the game is. But I think they're going to sit him just to be safe. I mean, there's no reason to play him on whatever day it is, Saturday or Sunday. So anyway, um, stay tuned and I will keep you guys all posted on that. Thank you so much for listening. This, I mean, these podcasts just are so much fun to record when they win, especially at a time like this. So I know it was a little chaotic, but I hope you're all as excited as I am. I know from my DMs that you guys are pumped as we all should be. It's just, it's a great time to be a Giants fan. Thank you guys for all of your support always. And I will talk to you next week when we recap the Giants-Eagles Week 18 game.